Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy October the 18th, 2022 Tuesday. Terrific or terrible Tuesday, I guess it depends on your mindset. Welcome back to life, love, and liberty. If you're watching your 401ks diminish, then this is a terrible Tuesday. It's been about, oh, 365 terrible Tuesdays. Uh, and you probably want to head over to monicaprotectswithgold.com. Again, monicaprotectswithgold.com for you to uh, move those uh, those 401k accounts into a position of hedging. Uh, as you, uh, many of you are watching your 401ks take a massive hit. Uh, some of you are not in a position to rebound. So I'm encouraging uh, you to take a look at being prayerful about uh, make a wise choice for you and your own family uh, with regard to hedging your hard-earned dollars. That's right, MonicaProtectsWithGold.com. So, happy Tuesday. I want to talk about something that has nothing to do with the fact that we're not going to see any justice at all in the Durham probe. That's obvious. Or how about the fact that now the CDC is pretending to hold court to decide whether or not the COVID vaccinations are going to become part of the childhood vaccine uh, uh, schedule uh, for the purposes of further uh, insulating themselves from any form of uh, liability or responsibility for the fact that they've used every person who has taken a Pfizer, vac, quote, vaccine um, as a relative uh, lab rat, guinea pig, um, uh, you know, primate, or Dr. Fauci's favorite, you know, his beagles that he likes to strap down or a guillotine, uh, you know, with flies and insects. And I mean, what a, what a debaucherous, macabre, ghoulish of a man uh, he is, but so now some of you are going to have decisions to make around your little ones and whether or not you're going to subject them to the COVID vaccine. So, uh, good luck with that. And as we know, it's not a vaccine, uh, per Pfizer. That is not per Monica. Uh, that is per Pfizer. It was never intended, um, to, uh, stave off, uh, COVID. So, um, and as we know, from the beginning, they have said that children uh, do fine with this. Now, the other part of this ghoulish, macabre display of genocide is uh, now that whether it's through fear, terror, dread, or actual you know disease, now they're saying that this monster variant coming out of Boston U of an Omicron variant uh, is something that's killing 80% of the people because they performed gain of function. And why would they do that? Well, you have to ask yourself, why would they do that? Uh, as for me in my house, I have decided that I am not going to live my life in terror, dread, or fear of a virus or poison or nuclear war or anything else. That is my decision. 
If I die, I die unto the Lord. If I live, I live unto the Lord. It's really simple. That way I can keep my peace, I can keep my mind, and I keep my sobriety, my my ability to um, use discretion and discernment in decision-making. Because when we are in our primate primate brain, our, our lizard brain, if you will, uh, we don't make wise choices. So uh, if you're alive making really dumb choices uh, based on fear, terror, and dread, you know, you're effectively not living your life and life more abundant. So I want to encourage you to make a decision. Make a commitment. I've encouraged my audience to do this in the past as well, to actually write out a family constitution and have your kids sign it. Everyone is in agreement with it. And even when they're not in agreement with it, then you get to be judicious as parents and you can hold hearings or whatever, however it is you want to handle that. Remind people of the things that, you know, the convictions that they agreed to, right? It's your family. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's funny that we hold our government to a standard that some of us are not willing to live in our own individual, much less family lives. And then we wonder how we end up with the government that we have. So, as opposed to being duplicitous, I'm going to encourage you to be single-minded, which is the impetus behind my new university plan called Thirst University. I'm very excited about that. It's teaching his inheritance. You are his inheritance. Our creator's inheritance is you, according to uh, the word. Um, Teaching his inheritance, refreshing single-minded truth. Right. And as far as I'm concerned, there is inerrant truth. And there are so many mysteries within those, within that truth. Right. There's so many truths within truth that are, in my humble opinion, infallible and inerrant that are inspired and uh, creator breathed by his sacred spirit. And so, Part of the inspiration he breathes into his creation is trusting in him. His word says that if you should drink poison, it will by in no means, uh, by any means, harm you. Okay, I am not encouraging you to go out and and try this and tempt this. Uh, that would be very satanic of me to do. I am not in any way, shape, or form encouraging you to do that. In as much as it's within your faith right? That is between you and your creator. As for me in my house, I'm choosing to believe that whatever I come in contact with, um, I'm doing the best I can uh, to keep my peace and to keep my body in homeostasis so that my immune system recognizes anything that it's supposed to recognize just as our creator created it to do. Now, for folks who have comorbidities or high BMIs, uh, diabetes, any type of cancers, uh, renal challenges, uh, autoimmunity, you're, you're already contending with an immune system that is compromised and trying really hard to take care of you and to do its job. And so have some compassion on your immune system. Do your best exercise every day if you can. Try to get that BMI down. Uh, take the stress off of your adrenals. Quit watching things that uh, frustrate or otherwise antagonize your spirit and your phys- your physiology. Very simple uh, maneuvering 
you know, around these missiles that are being shot at us 24-7, 365 days a year through media, through The View, you know, through the Witches and Warlocks programs, um, you know, 60 Minutes, you know, people who attack you, Twitter, Facebook, you know, the Rogan experience, whatever. And, you know, and until recently, I was actually a fan of Joe Rogan's, but I just feel like there's been a very irresponsible uh, tone and candor to this entire nuclear conversation that I don't appreciate because I care about you. I care about you and your ears, your heart, your mind. Um, and hopefully you care about yourself more than I do, but more importantly, our creator cares about you more than you do or anyone ever will. So I want to encourage you to abide by his word and to get into his word every morning and know what his plans are for you, know what his thoughts are towards you. The fact that he even thinks about us as his creation is pretty amazing, amen? And so I want to encourage you to get up, get excited, get happy, speak to your immune system, speak life over yourself, listen to life, focus on life, meditate on life and goodness and wholeness and health and restoration and redemption and on all things that are true and noble and pure and good and kind and loving an actual love, not like lusty love and love is love. The kind of love. No, that's not true. Love has standards. And so the standard of care that our father has for us is that we meditate upon his word day and night and we keep his words tied around our necks and our minds and our hearts. And, you know, and that's how we live and we breathe and then we move and we have our healthy being. So be encouraged around that. Also be encouraged that it is fall. It is freezing here in the ATL. It's going to be even colder this evening. I think it's our first frost this evening. We're going to hit below 30 degrees and um, it is fall. And guess what that means? You guys need to be snuggling up. This is a great time to reconnect with your loved ones. You husbands and wives who have not snuggled in a long time. I love snuggling. I call this boyfriend weather. And you single ladies have to really watch that, right? Because as we're going to learn in my first series of the Thirst University, I'm touching on, I'm addressing single women, God's girls, right? Because God's ladies as single women and live in a holy life, what does that mean? What does that look like? It is rough. It is not easy, but it's worth it. It is worth letting go of the, uh, what do they all, what do they call that too? I did a whole show on this in terrestrial. Um, okay. Oh gosh. What is it? It starts now and it goes through. I think you have to like get rid of people, not before the holidays, but like definitely before a Valentine's day. Isn't that awful? Like only the world would think of that where it's like hookup season, but it's not called hookup season. It's, it's not snuggle season. It's not hookup season. <laughs> coupling. I think it's called cupping, cupping season. Thank you. <laughs> that's what is cupping season. I think that's it. And, um, yeah, it's awful, awful. People just, you know, get together because, Hey man, you know, the holidays are coming and it's kind of chilly outside and boy, boyfriend sweater weather. You know how it is. You know how we were in high school and middle school wore our boy, our boyfriend's, uh, letter jackets and, you know, and all those things are very sentimental. Some of us have not forgotten what it's like to, you know, walk around proudly with your boyfriend's letter on your jacket and everybody knew that you were his and he was yours and it was cool and, you know, and all that mess. And so, and as adults, we're still living like that with men and with women who have zero interest in our best interest. And we're still living like we're 12 through 16 years of age. 
Because for most of us, if you're crying, if you're quite honest, that's where most people get stuck. If it's not in their childhood years, it's certainly in uh, puberty, right? And you start making some some challenging decisions that, you know, sometimes you just don't forget and people don't understand spiritual warfare and spiritual connections and soul ties and spirit ties and covenants and all the things that happen in the unseen. And you wonder why you're still pining for someone. And some of you think it's love. And so you give up the family and the five kids and the awesome dedicated wife you have now because old Susie Q came back from middle school and, you know, swears her undying love for you. And y'all are convinced that Jesus meant for y'all to be together. So you both leave your families and hot diggity dog you're running off to Vegas and in this great we should have been together the whole time but glory be to Jesus we found each other now on Facebook lies all lies so I in no way shape or form condone people leaving their families I don't care what you got going on in your family so this is what I want to hit on today with everything going on in the world right the number one thing I talk about on my show, and I'm going to hit on in Thirst University, and you guys will be able to sign up for that in the coming weeks. I'm very excited. It's going to be a five-week program, and like I said, initially, I'm going to address the ladies, and if you have not purchased my book or downloaded my book, I encourage you to do so. It will be very helpful as we embark on this uh, on this education together, and uh, it's at monicamatthews.com. You can order there, or you can just go straight to Amazon um, EPUB. You can go to Kindle uh, and download that uh, today, actually. Or uh, you fill out the uh, request form and purchase a hard copy at monicamatthews.com. Either way, get your hands on that. Um, I believe it will minister to your soul. You will stop feeling like you're the only, you know, red pickle in the bunch, um, or that you're the only one who, you know, is slutty on Saturday and holy on Sunday, um, or the only one who feels like, you know what, I'm tired of waiting on Jesus, or you have been faithfully waiting on Jesus and Mr. Boaz still hadn't come up at into his fields to find you yet, and you're getting tired. And we make really dumb decisions when we're tired, right? The other thing we do when we're tired is we don't forgive people. And I talk about this regularly on my show because it is the foundation of all health. If it's the foundation of the Christian faith, then you know it's the foundation of your physical and mental and emotional, not to mention spiritual health, right? And I fundamentally believe that our physical health begins... And sometimes it ends in our spiritual health. That's not to say that some of you don't have genetic predispositions and generational curses. But when he says, I came to forgive you of all of your sins and to heal you of all of your diseases, I believe that's exactly what he means. And by his stripes, we are healed. And that word stripes is fellowship. And it's Christ's fellowship with his father. And it's our fellowship with them that heals us. And it sets us free indeed. So whether it's an addiction, it's a genetic predisposition, you know, if he can raise people from the dead, he certainly, I've seen, I've heard stories of people's arms growing back, organs growing back. Um, you know, this is the power of the author and the finisher of the universe for the love of all things holy. So don't tell me that he cannot heal because he can. And the only reason why Christ couldn't heal everywhere he went was because of what? It begins with a you unbelief. And that's what the word says. Again, not what Monica says. So when we're tired, we make really dumb decisions. And another way we make dumb decisions is from a place of bitterness and unforgiveness. It was brought to my attention today that someone in my life 
has been bitter with me, unbeknownst to me, but shared it with someone else because of a debt, a financial debt that I simply forgot to pay. It just completely slipped my mind. And some people would say, well, if it were important to you or if that person was important to you, then you would have remembered to do it. And while there is, that does bear some truth, it would be helpful if, you know, as it, as adults, someone would take the time and remind me of a debt that is outstanding, right? Especially if we're sisters or brothers, brother and sister in, in the Lord, right? But this is something that we do as brothers and sisters in Christ is that we just suck it up. We just suck it up, keep it in. But we talk to other people about it instead of going to the person, which is not the order of things. And I'm a girl of order. I love order. I love order. I love hierarchy. I love knowing the rules of engagement. And I love the mercy that has to come along with mucking up the rules because we all do it. Right. So I want to encourage you that when someone has a debt, for instance, I recently, um, someone very close to me, I had an agreement with this person that they were going to uh, reimburse me for something that I really didn't need the reimbursement, but it was a matter of a contribution. And um, I'm a firm believer in if people can contribute to something um, and they and they've asked if they can contribute and they are in a position to do so without it being a humongous burden on them financially or otherwise that you allow people to do it because it's a blessing for them to be able to contribute, whether it's finances or time, treasure, talent, whatever it is. Right. And so I agreed uh, and that was our agreement. And so I fully expected this person to honor their agreement. Well, a few weeks went by and the agreement was not yet honored. And I did remind uh, this person a couple of times, not just once, but twice to please don't forget this. Just whenever you can go ahead and make up a, you know, go ahead and just, let's just make that happen. Okay. Um, And giving the giving, I didn't set a hard date. I need it by this date. You know, I wasn't going to do that. So I just reminded the person and, and then I began to stew because it wasn't happening in my time. And I felt like, well, gosh, if you wanted to honor me in this, or if you appreciated, you know, my heart in, in, in how we got to this place, then you would just pay it. Cause I know you have it. It's not like you don't. And if you can't, then j- why aren't you communicating with me? Like, do you not trust me to communicate with me and tell me that you're having an issue right now? And just give me a date further out that you plan on, you know, taking care of this debt. So the lack of communication was a breeding ground for confusion, dissension. I was getting bitter. I was getting angry, self-pity, all that stuff. And everybody always takes advantage of me. You know how that voice is, right? Is it me, 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 me? And, you know, then the me, 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 my, 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 and all that comes out. So does the big self-pity party hat and the, you know, the big flamethrower for candles and uh, your party, your party favors, your noisemakers, all that stuff, pour the champagne, you know, Monica's in a full on pity party, you know, and if this person really cared and if I meant that much and I just stopped myself right in the middle of that. And I talk about this in my book as well, about these pity parties that we host that just, they're like the super glue. They're the gorilla glue. They are cement to hell whenever it comes to not being able to forgive people and move on, is self-pity. My late pastor used to say that. The self-pity is the super glue of hell. And it is. It keeps you super glued to hell. And what is hell? It's being bitter. It's being angry. It's being resentful. It's being unforgiving. 
uh, you know, in every, wherever there's envy and jealousy, there is strife and division and every evil, wicked thing you can imagine is what the word says. And you know, I'm right. Just look at your life. Wherever there's envy and jealousy and covetousness and anger and wrath and all, I mean, all of hell is right there with you. And so when we're unforgiving, we are literally stewing in the super glue of hell, right? So I recognized that by the grace of my father. And I was like, okay, let me get myself together and let me step outside of my little pull-ups for a minute and get outside of my little feelings that are hurt. And I was justified in feeling um, slighted or dishonored because that was what was happening in my mind. (laughs) But what did I do? I had already gone to the person a few times and nothing was changing. So I went to my father in prayer and my heart's intention was not to hold bitterness. My heart's intention was to stay connected to this person because this person means a lot to me and this relationship means a lot to me. And I didn't want money or broken promises and broken agreements to come in between me and this person who means a lot to me. And even though this person didn't feel like they were valuing or otherwise edifying and um, honoring our relationship at all at that point, I knew fundamentally that wasn't the heart of this person. And so I chose to think the best. And what is love? Love believes the best, right? Love is not self-seeking. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is forgiving and love is merciful and love is kind. And it goes on and on. And I was like, you know what? I'm not being very loving right now. And I, and I want to honor first and foremost, not our agreement, but I want to honor the word because I know if I honor the word, it's going to bring life and more abundant. And I'm not I hope I don't sound like I'm being Miss Self-Righteous, Miss Queen Holy Roller, because I'm not. But this is how I practically try to live out my life, because as I've gotten older, what I realize, and you see people dying ahead of you, and and I've worked in ministry for over 12 years, and so I see life and death and division and dissension and envy and jealousy and covetousness and affairs and backbiting and craziness. Yeah, I mean, it's just nuts, the things you see in ministry, and it really at the beginning and the end of the day in the life cycle, you realize that you don't really want people to take that with you and when people with them rather. And when people live with regrets and they're never able to make peace with other people that they really should have, it's not a good thing. And it, and really it does systematically start to break down the body because the body was never intended to carry decay of that level. Just wasn't. It's, it's one thing for you to be angry and to have a misunderstanding, um, but you are to go to the person who has offended you and deal with that person. I mean, there's a protocol to that, right? And ultimately, if that person cannot be reconciled to you, you dust your feet and you let go of that person in your heart and your soul and you keep moving. As for me and mine, I got down on my knees and asked for my father to defend my cause and to plea on my behalf and to make things right between the two of us and to provide if there was lack and this person wasn't able to pay their debt, that um, he would provide the resources necessary for that to happen and that he would bless me with patience to be able to wait it out and wait it out with a cheery spirit. Not like, 
oh, well, yeah, I see you guys can do this, but you couldn't pay for that. You know, you know how we are. And so, oh, that's right. I'm the only one who does that. So I thought, you know, I don't want to do that. I've done that in the past. It's gross. It's ugly. It's nasty. And it's smarmy. And I don't want to be that way. And you know what? As soon as I handed it over, I'm not kidding. Within 24 hours, I had that money in my Venmo account. And I was so grateful that I didn't address it again. I didn't get bitchy about it. I wasn't, excuse my language, pissy about it. Um, that is like the one cuss word I use in my book. But, and you know how we are. We just, women, we, we, and men too, can just get super pissy, right? We just get catty. Because why? We're super glued to hell with our self-pity. <laughs> we are so offended. And so you can choose not to be offended. You have to choose to love and so this person was brought to my attention today. It was very hurtful because this person lied about me and my character and whether or not they had actually reached out to me. And for whatever reason, uh, this person told stories about, you know, how hard they tried to get their debt paid from me. And it's a nominal amount of money for a very beautiful thing that was that was gifted to me, actually. But there was just a component of it that I needed to help out with. And it just completely slipped my mind. But I'd gone on to have an entire year's worth of a relationship with this person, and they never mentioned it to me again. Smiled in my face, came to my home, ate food with me, broke bread, and then talked trash about me without ever giving me a second thought of, hey, maybe she just forgot. And maybe I wasn't that important at that point in time because she had other things going on. And maybe this just wasn't that important to her. And okay, but it is important to me. And she did agree to pay it. And so let me remind her again. Right? But instead, the bitterness and all of that and whatever other offense probably occurred, all of it starts piling up. And I'm sharing this because here's the deal. We have an enemy who legitimately hates us. And so we have choices to make around who we're going to listen to. Right? Whenever Adam and Eve were hiding the the Lord God Father uh, Yahuwah walks through Elohim. Walk, Jehovah walks through the garden and says, "Adam, where are you?" And he's like, "We're over here <laughs> in the bushes with the fig leaves, trying to put some stuff on us on our private parts." But Adam wasn't confused about what he had and what Eve had, and so, and God's like, "Why are you over there?" Why are you wearing that? And who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Right? Who told you that this person was worth trashing over money and having division and strife between you over money? Who told you it was a better idea to just pretend to be friends and become offended and then ask someone or talk trash to someone else about the money that you never received? Who told you that was a good idea? So so when it comes to people who sin against me, that's how that conversation goes in my head after, you know, I plug my ears from the steam coming out because I can't believe that I have once again been fooled by someone I thought was my friend who isn't. But once I collect myself and I get out of my emotions and I choose to step out of my emotions and 
I have a conversation with my father and I choose that I don't want to be bitter and I don't want to be unforgiving toward this person. I you better know I did pay my debt right there at my dinner table this evening. Um, so I did pay that. That's done. And I should have paid it with interest, even though, you know, that wasn't asked for. But just to make a point, that would have been absolutely just super pissy of me to do, by the way. But I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to pay the debt. And, hey, by the way, here's a little note with it. Um, in the future, you know, you can always just bill me. It's right here in Venmo. Request for payment. You don't even have to address me. Hey, Jack Leg, remember a year ago you told me you were going to pay for this and you didn't? I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot you. I'm so sorry. That's a whole other, you know, then that's a whole other conversation for reconciliation. Why am I sharing this with you? Because many of you live with the same strife and issues because we're human and we all have to contend with it. And it just piles on and it adds on. And if you look at us nationally, that's why you have a reparations campaign. That's why you have black women fighting against each other in debates, like what I heard a very minimal amount of last night that Brandon Strzok was apparently uh uh, moderating, whether it was live or on Twitter, I don't know, but he included me in his entire uh, Twitter feed. You guys re- recognize him as Brandon Straka from Walkaway. Um, but, you know, it was it was pretty awful, some of the components of that I watched, and there's just such bitterness toward white people, you know, things that happened moons and moons and generations and generations ago that no one in their right mind is ever going to say was noble or good or should ever be, quote, excused as abhorrent behavior, but it 1000% is called upon to be forgiven. So when we don't forgive, yet we call ourselves people of another kingdom and a kingdom of light, we are liars. And it does take time to mature into that. And it's a choice. It's such a goofy trope. Love is a choice, but it is a choice. Because love himself came down here, sat on his knees, sweating as drops of blood, and said three times, please take this cup from me. Please take this cup from me. Please take this cup. But in the end, he said, but not my will, yours be done. So when we are called to forgive each other, that is a very serious call to action. And it's not easy. It ain't easy being cheesy, but we are called to forgive. And if you want to restore your own life, your family, your communities, your extended family, and this country, that is the place we're all going to need to begin. I love you guys. Have a good night. Remember, Monica protects with gold.com. Actually, Monica protects with the Holy Spirit of my father. I'm not twisted about that. But if you're going to hedge with something, you know, practical, you may as well look over to the metals. Um, just given by advice, but always, 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 always put your trust in your heavenly father, not anything that you can touch and feel and sniff and breathe and all that stuff. (sighs) Okay. I love you. Have a good night. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember if you're an American and if you're a Christian, act like one.